Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. Eastern Seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, Sean Ray. What would you do with the brain if you had one? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. And uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different because a couple of weeks ago, Rick and I went to Magic City Con here in Birmingham, which is a small town version of Comic Con here in the city that I live in. And it's a place for cosplayers and you know, genre fiction fans, video game fans, sci-fi, fantasy, all that stuff. They all come out, spend three days getting together, having conversations, listening to panels, and just you know, just having a good time together. So, the first night of the con. Uh, Rick and I took part in a panel discussion called On Moffat, A Blessing and Curse for Doctor Who, which obviously you can tell what we talked about. We talked about Stephen Moffat, the good and the bad of what he's done for Doctor Who, how we feel about him, uh, you know, his leaving the show, uh, and what we think is going to happen in the future with the show. So I recorded the, the panel discussion, and it might be a little hard for you to make out what the audience members are asking or commenting, but I felt like it was good enough that I wanted to share it with you guys. But there were two other guys that were sitting in on the panel, uh, Sam Albro and Scott McCracken, and they'll say in the recording, you know, who they are and, and, and what they do. So I'll just let you hear that when you listen to the show. But, uh, Remember, I'd love it if you'd uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and guys, please, please, please go to iTunes and leave us a comment or review. That's going to help us grow the show. And, of course, visit us at CosmicPotato.com. And that's it. I'm going to let you listen to the panel discussion. Enjoy this recording from Magic City Con 2016, and I will talk to you on the next episode. It's going to be real casual. Um... And you guys are welcome to get involved as much as you want, but um, we're doing the panel. Basically, the the name, what's the official name of it is it's on, on Moffat, a blessing and a curse for Doctor Who. Right. So, I'm assuming everyone in here has at least seen Doctor Who and knows who Stephen Moffat is. Um, we'll introduce ourselves real quick. Um, my name's Sean Ray. I'm a blogger and I'm the host of the uh, Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, and. Uh, Hey, I'm uh, Sam Albro. I'm a 3D artist. I'm also a webcomic artist. I draw the Olympia Heights webcomic, and I uh, animate a uh, series called The Interminable Cockroach Man. Uh, I'm Scott McCracken. I, this was, again, I, the people who heard me say this before, I apologize. I was a uh, commentator slash giver of facts, I guess, to, for uh, Pop Culture Primer. Um, not nearly as interesting as everybody else. I'm not, I'm not as involved, so sorry, but... <laughs> I, I, I will plug everybody else's stuff, so. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm, I'm Rick Tatro. Uh, I am also occasionally show up on the Cosmic Potato Podcast. And you can tell as a podcaster, I'm really good at talking. Uh, I'm also the creator and co-host of Starbase 66, the son of Chevron, one of the co-hosts of Simply Syndicated Movie News, uh, and the co-host and creator of Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, all on the simplysyndicated.com uh, podcasting network. And uh, just a quick uh, shameless plug thing, if you've not heard this before, please, at, at, at the end, just uh, fill out this little comment card. It's we're great, awful, not in a, not in a, and then <laughs> it's got things that will put you in a, a drawing. Yeah, you can, uh, after you fill it out, hand it to any, any uh, volunteer, yeah. volunteer and yeah, enter you for a drawing for prizes at closing ceremonies. So. Cool. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I'll just start talking a little bit about Doctor Who and uh, Moffat. I, I've been watching Doctor Who since I was a kid. I didn't watch it religiously. Uh, usually watched it over at my grandmother's because she didn't have cable and it came on Saturday nights on PBS, you know. So um, I was kind of late coming back to it when it 
when it came back in uh, 2005, the first episode that I saw of the resurgence of Doctor Who was uh, The Girl in the Fireplace, which Stephen Moffat wrote that episode, and it's still one of my favorite episodes. You know, it's, 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 it's a great episode, but um, I think the main difference between uh, Davies, who was the showrunner before Moffat, and, and Moffat himself, is that Davies liked emotional stories Whereas Moffat is more of more of a romantic, you know, he he he's trying to he tries to turn. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but he tries to turn Doctor Who into more of a fairy tale, you know. Uh, when 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 uh, David Tennant left, the tenth Doctor left, he kind of said goodbye to everybody, and Stephen Moffat kind of made Doctor Who into a soft reboot, in my opinion, because everything kind of started from scratch. He had a brand new companion, brand new stories. And they kind of did this thing where Amy, his new companion, runs away with her imaginary friend from her childhood, the Raggedy Man, you know. And it's kind of a kind of a fairy tale. They even did this thing in the um, in the in in America. They didn't do it in Britain for some reason, but in America, that season, every episode started with Amy telling her story. Of, oh, the doc, he calls himself the Doctor, and he took me away, and all this kind of stuff, which. Had, didn't really care for that that much. Oh, but <laughs> just on the other topic of it being a soft reboot, you could even yeah. just, like, the budget went way up. They yeah. went from, you know, standard definition to HD, so, like, just watching the last David Tennant episode and the first Matt Smith episode, it's just, it looks like a different show. Which had a lot to do with they got more money because American audiences started buying DVDs and, and merchandise and stuff, yep. and they were <laughs> able to, to spend more money, but when you guys want to... But one of the things that, that uh, Moffat saved us from, that he, he got rid of the, 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 uh, the romance between the Doctor and the companions. Yeah. Because I, I like Davies at the beginning, you know, and you, know, you, can't, you can't understate his saving the, the series and bringing it back into, I don't want to say the mainstream because it wasn't yet, bringing it back from the obscurity. Right. But his... His love of the Doctor, and I, I don't want to use the term Mary Sue because that's not really fair, but his, his love of the Doctor and his desire to be a companion who was in love with the Doctor started coming through more and more as the show went on. Well, until uh, his last companion, Donna Noble, just flat out not happening. Well, that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I, I really love the fact that Moffat took us way away from yeah. that uh, and, and made it a thing in the past, even, even to the point where Amy tried... And the doctor went, uh, no, I'm not. And, and we get that from Polly, too. Uh, on, like, the positives from Moffat, he, he's actually, like, you know, with the Davies series, it was a bunch of individual episodes. And then when they needed something big to be a season finale, it was just like, okay, in the last couple episodes, let's put it together. Whereas, you know, with Moffat's seasons, what they were coming to for the, you know, the finale was something that was set up at the beginning of the season and slowly built in the background throughout it. So the, your, the finales kind of felt more earned. Um, especially his first one, it kind of went a little downhill after that, but yeah, the, the Big Bang one uh, was, yeah, really earned. Absolutely. The, the, there, there's a downside to that too. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a, I've been a Star Trek fan since I was like this big. And so, you know, the kind of conversations Star Trek fans and Star Wars fans have all the time about canon and about what did this mean, what did that mean, and, and you know that didn't exist in Doctor Who fandom ex uh, above a certain level or below a certain level. You know, you had to be a real hardcore fan to start getting into the the minutia of, uh, and and there really wasn't any attempt to make a through you know a through line in the episodes. Mm. Uh, but once Moffat started, I started getting conversations online with friends in England. Like, did you notice that he had his jacket there and he didn't there and what that might mean? And and I was so not used to thinking about that in Doctor Who terms that yeah. I just sort of fought against it for the longest time. And I was like, oh, yeah, he is. The problem is he didn't always tie up all of his loose ends. Yeah. And sometimes he would just sort of drop a storyline halfway through the season or something. But Doctor Who was so convoluted and, and you know, he would go in circles all the way through that it, it didn't really stand out quite that badly. You know, another one of the big differences between like the Moffat era and the Davies era was that yeah, Moffat's more interested in his plot, whereas like Davies really built up the companions' home lives. They were rounded people outside of their adventures with the Doctor. Um, 
especially with Donna and Rose, with Martha, it was a little bit like, please don't make us visit the Joneses again. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, with... Um, Martha was not done well by it. Yeah, no. it was not kind of the, the middle child thing of like, yeah. hey, Rose was like the very first new who companion, and then Donna was Donna, and she was just kind of there. Right. They, Martha, they, that, was, yeah. Martha was like, hey, here's a super qualified person. I can't wait to see her. Oh, love sick puppy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, with you know, uh, Amy Pond's home life, they were all on the TARDIS. Uh, yeah, Clara didn't even really like know who she was outside of her adventures with the Doctor for most of her run. And then when you did know, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cla- supposed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clara, Clara had a had a purpose. And once her purpose was up, they decided to keep her. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and and Jenna Coleman, I love Jenna Coleman as an actress. She did a really good job, but her character, once they were done with the whole um, Impossible Girl storyline, they should have moved on from, from at that point instead of dragging her out. And and, uh, and another thing we were talking about uh, the differences and and the way that Moffat actually made his series is. He kind of did what American television has been doing for a, a long time is kind of serializing everything. You know, the Doctor Who used to be uh, like these two, three, and four-part uh, se- series. You know, there would be like a four four episodes that would make one uh, storyline of Doctor Who. And uh, Davies kind of did that a lot with a lot of two-parters and some three-parters. And Moffat came along and he wanted to kind of serialize it so that it's episode by episode by episode, but they all kind of blend together. And in my opinion, a lot of times, he kind of did what Lost did, where he you you think that he's building towards something, and then you find out later he's just kind of making it up as he goes along. Because uh, whereas I like that, what was, was it? The Day of the Doctor is that the one that had uh, Tennant and um, and Smith in the same yeah. episode? Yeah. Okay, and then they had the War Doctor. That, so the War Doctor storyline was interesting, but I think that the only reason that Moffat did that was because he knew that the whole storyline of his 13 uh, regenerations was coming up. Well, and, and he wanted to make sure that he was the one that was yeah, going to well, get the work Yeah, well, in all they actually yeah. did that because they really wanted Christopher Eccleston 9 to be in it. And he yeah. said, no. For whatever yeah. reason, they didn't ask Paul McGann because that actually would be a good way to show that, hey, he's been through lots of July's uh, song. They got him, but it was for like a web short. Yeah, he did the entire thing. Web, and yeah. it was like, well, John Hurt says sure, so let's <laughs> let's just kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> as I understand it, Eccleston's one the director to be someone that was a director when he was on it. Yeah. And that guy they're not shit anything, yeah. so he's just like so he's like, you know what? You're I'm out. Yeah. yeah. So I I just I just felt that knowing that the whole if you don't know in the original Doctor Who series, it was said that he only gets thirteen regenerations and then he's done. So he knew that that was coming up because Matt Smith was the eleventh doctor and uh Technically, uh, the tenth Doctor used one of his re- regenerations and kept the same face. You know, uh, kind of cheated because he liked the way he looked, I guess, or something. But um, he, Moffat wanted to be the one to get to address that. You know, instead of letting somebody else deal with it later on. So he invented this War Doctor so that he would he would be able to to do that. And I don't blame him. You know, it's, it's kind of a big deal because now. The doctor has 13 more regenerations until you have to worry about it, which you know could but be 100 years from now. Before but it is Doctor Who, so you can just be like, "Hey, um, yeah, that thing that happened, yeah, we'll be a long time on me, haha." Yeah. And yeah. Then, now it doesn't happen anymore. Okay. That's well, kind of what I was expecting. Fun of time travel shows you get away with a lot. I was kind of expecting them to just kind of sweep it under the rug and don't worry about it, but you know, yeah, yeah, hand it to him. He actually did address it. So. My understanding is some of the spin-offs that uh, that they actually kind of were just kind of building towards a. Yeah, the 13 might be a lie. The yeah. number could be any number. Yeah. And, but it's like, yeah, no, it's just... Yeah, because the master, I believe, uh, the, the master stole some regenerations and things. I don't know how many regenerations he, she has had. <laughs> but uh, well, he also got straight up resurrected twice. Right, yeah, yeah. But you get but you get the Michelle Gomez, so, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or no, that, that, no, it's um, Michelle something, I can't remember. She's amazing. It's yeah, crazy. it's Michelle Gomez. It's Gomez, okay. Yeah. That sounded right, and then I was like, no, wait. But I don't want to just uh, talk about all the all the stuff that I don't like that Moffat's done. He's also 
some of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who he wrote. Um, the library, uh, Silence in the Library, and uh, Forest of the Dead. He wrote both of those episodes. He invent, he he introduced River Song. A lot of people don't like River. I like River. She's a a, a good female uh, to go against, or not to go against, but to kind of spar with the Doctor at times without being the companion. The companion is supposed to be us, you know. Supposed to be we're supposed to be looking through the companion's eyes so that the Doctor has somebody to explain things to, you know. And the river doesn't really serve that purpose. You yeah, know, she's I mean, the big problem with River is that they de- he decided he was done with her before fully exploring. Yeah. Well, and also, it's, it's part of the, for me, that's a little frustrating with Moffat is rather than rather than show us why, like, why does why do the Doctor and River love each other? Like, that's that's a pretty you know, the Doctor is, especially in, Mo- in Moffat's run, he made it more of a mythological figure almost. Um, is that why do they love each other? And rather than saying, "Hey, they're in love," okay, great. This is TV. You, need to, you don't just don't tell us, "Hey, this is this the awesome thing happened." Okay, great. Um, I'm looking at it, so can I can I see something? And they did do something. I think in one of the uh, Blu-ray specials on for the seventh, the seventh season, I think they actually had like a little. I don't know if they cut it from an episode or something they shot, and then they never got the chance to use. Is it the one where it's the three dates? Yeah. It's for uh, um, the British do this. Uh, there's yeah, yeah. that, but, the, but, yeah, that, but yeah. it's like, all right, well, that's, hey, that's actually, that's backstory. That, so that way, other than, you know, it, it's a great character, but at the same time, it's like, show us why. Like, show us their interaction, their interaction other than just, hey, she's here, we love each other, great. Okay, why? <laughs> that's kind of symptomatic of what Moffat has done yeah. since Amy left, since, uh, since uh, Amy and Rory left, because we got Clara in. And again, I adore Jenna Louise Coleman. I think she did a fantastic job one of the most beautiful human beings ever to walk the earth. Uh, but they just kind of stuck her and the doctor together and expected us after like one and a half episodes to believe that their relationship was as strong as uh, the doctor and Amy's was. And to me, there was never that chemistry there. It never really gelled and it was just more of like with Rivers, like they love each other, go. Uh, <laughs> and not showing us why, you know, why is the doctor so devoted to Clara? And then as it went on and on, you know, at the at the end, and I won't spoil for those of you that didn't catch up that aren't up there yet. For, he's gonna be. okay. <laughs> Does anyone mind if I talk about the end of the series? Oh, you're here. Or if you don't, if okay, you don't want to hear, just go la 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 la. I, I I can talk about it without spoiling it. Um, I thought I'm sorry. You didn't realize you didn't move chairs. Um, and I'm a school teacher. I'm supposed to know this shit. <laughs> I teach college. I can swear. Um, <laughs> they the. They made me, he made me eat my words in the last few Clara episodes yeah. because then it, it was just, the chemistry was there. Um, I just wish it had been there longer. And I think we're gonna, we get the same thing with River. You know, great premise that they're moving opposite directions through time, although I don't think that was explored as much as it could have been. Um, you know, great chemistry. Well, I think there was great chemistry with River and just about everybody. I forget the actress's name. Alex Kingston. Alex Kingston. She's fantastic. I think she plays really well with anybody she's working with. But yeah, it really, I, especially when we got to A Good Man Goes to War, I thought we were going to see a little more, and, and it just fizzled. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that again is, like, I don't know what's wrong, but that's the thing that's frustrating for me. Is also, that is a lot of the stuff. You know, Moffat was a fan. He, you know, he was he was basically a fanboy. And there's, there's some, there actually there are some people found some archive forums where he's basically like in the mid 90s where he's laying out plots that he's already done in Doctor Who that he's redone. And that's, I think, it's part of the downside is with, with Moffat, part of the curse part is there's times where, I, I'll admit I'm fairly new, I started, only started watching right at the tail end of, uh, of Tenet's run. Um, is that, okay, that's great. Show me why he's like everybody, you know, Either establish it. They they, they kind of did it with Amy, especially in the the first episode with uh, Matt Smith, where they show the different stuff the Doctor's done, and oh, you know, the, show me something as to why he's so great. Don't tell me, hey, he's great. Okay, I believe you, but this is also TV. I want to see it. Yeah. You know, even if you can't, I understand it's a show. They have they have budget limitations. Just something, just like a quick little five ten second blah. And that's part of the problem is that whenever that that's that's my main thing. Like. One of my things with him is like, don't just tell me about it. Show me why, you know, this person, the, you know, why 
people are terrified of them. If, especially if you're coming new to the show and you hadn't seen some of the, uh, even, not even old Who, but some of the newer Who stuff. Show me why. He does a great job of presenting it, but not so much about, rather than just tell, he just tells us rather than, rather than just show, rather than show us. And I'm like, show me, please. Because that, that way you can kind of go, okay, and pick up from there. You know, one of the things that, uh, that Moffat has failed with, and it's, Davies kind of started it, but he kind of took the scary out of the Daleks, because, um, which Davies was kind of guilty of overusing the Daleks. He used them a lot, but his storylines with the Daleks were still kind of creepy, kind of spooky. Davies, you know, especially the, was the first time that when, when Moffat, after he became showrunner, the first time he used the Daleks, I believe, was in uh, Vic, was it Victory of the Daleks, which introduced the, like the, the third the, episode with the yeah uh, the mighty Churchill. the mighty Morphin Dalek Rangers <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> multicolored Daleks and all that kind of hey, stuff you know so. that they dropped those real quick yeah, yeah yeah they never came back so but um, but yeah I mean that, whereas whereas Davies is guilty of overusing him I think that I think that Moffat trying to I don't know trying to ro- romanticizing everything I guess I just kind of took the scary out of don't it don't forget the Dalek serving tea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know with the overuse of the Daleks, it's kind of something they contractually have to do because... Yeah, they have to use them once, once, a, once year. a season or they, yeah, or they lose them. Well, also the fact I'm sure that the more crazy Dalek configuration they have, that's more stuff they can use to yeah. sell. So. Yeah, I mean, there's only, there's only so many things that you can do with the Daleks. I yeah. mean, it's just... It works great in the 60s. It's this big metal thing, well, even, trash can rolling around. And they but, even joked in, the, uh, the fir- the, uh, in Dalek, the first episode, New Who, about how... Like that was the joke. It was like, oh, let's run up the stairs, and that was I didn't get that until later. And I was like, oh, when I started actually watching some of the old ones, that was the thing is they couldn't. It was actually made sense. They couldn't do stairs. No. Yeah. And then, then this lady goes, haha, levitate. It's like, haha, yeah, we, have, they, we have computer fly, technology yeah. now, ha. But yeah. um, you, were, you were mentioning Moffat, uh, and but he did do Asylum, which brought the scary back with him. Yeah. I thought, and I thought that, and I wish they had done it. And I think it was last season when. Um, when the master put Clara in that Dalek shell, I thought that we were going to go full circle and she was going to become that Dalek, you know, from from Asylum, you know. But they didn't they didn't go there, you know. I kind of crossed my fingers. Yeah, are you going to go there? Are you going to no? They didn't go there. But um, which would have been, in my opinion, that would have been super creepy. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, I've got written down a list of his episodes that he wrote as a writer in the. Russell T. Davies era. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the two-parter, The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances. Yeah. Uh, there was The Girl in the Fireplace, Blink, and The Silence in the Library, Force of the Damned. All, like, some of the best episodes of that run. So, like, as a single-episode writer, he's pretty good at, at it. Um, but then again, some of the things that he set up in those kind of... Like, we were talking about some things that he should spend more time on that he didn't. Some things he spends a little too much time on and ruins them. Yeah. Like, the, the Weeping Angels. Yeah. yeah. Blink, they were terrifying. And then the more time you spend with them, the more they kind of well, become like, like a popcorn enemy. Like, one of the, yeah, mo- like one like of the most famous episodes of Doctor Who, Blink, and the Doctor's only in the episode for, what, maybe two scenes or something like that? Five minutes. Yeah, five minutes, yeah. So it's one of the Doctorless episodes, which each one every season has at least one episode where the Doctor kind of takes a day off. But and that was that was it, and he managed to make that probably the best episode out of that season. And yeah, and then he came, when he went back and used the the angels over and over and over again, it kind of took the scary out of them as well. You know. I got a trivia question for y'all, and none of you guys know it. Do you know what uh, Moffat's very first Doctor Who episode he ever wrote was? Was it the, was it the gas mask? No. no. <laughs> Before that, it, uh, it, this is a little bit of a cheat. <laughs> was it a fan fiction? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> was it radio plays? Uh, it was. It was for the Red Noses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Noses. Yeah. It was called Doctor Who and the Curse of the Fatal Death. Oh and right. Never seen it. It's oh, with Mr. Bean. Yeah. Mr. Bean becomes Doctor. Yeah. Rowan Atkinson starts as the Doctor. Yeah. And you've got uh, the guy that was the bad guy in the James Bond movie. Who's the, the, who's the, the newspaper dude? Oh yeah. I can't. I can never remember his name, but that he was the master. Sparrow uh, from Game of Thrones. Jonathan Price. Yes. Yes. And uh, if you're not familiar with red, the Red Noses thing, every year in England, the network I my podcast are on is a is a British network. It's available on the, on 
online, but most of the people that set it up are in England, so I, I deal with English people a lot. And they turned me on to this. They, every, every year they do this fundraiser for uh, children. It's like a children's, children's hospital charity. or something. Yeah, it's not one specific one. And, and it's, it's red noses. They all wear clown noses. And, and like we did a 24-hour podcast telephone uh, the first year. And every year various shows do these humorous things for the Red Noses campaign. And Doctor Who does one every year. And uh, this one was uh, Rowan Atkinson and uh, Jonathan Price and several other very famous British performers, the Doctor kept regenerating all through the episode. And my favorite one was when Joanna Lumley came out as the Doctor. You know her from Absolutely Fabulous, Patsy yeah. from Have Fab? Let's not forget the only reason that the, the, the Daleks would work with the mattress because they had no noses and they couldn't smell the exactly. <laughs> sewer for 500 years. <laughs> um, but that, that was Moffat's first uh, televised Doctor Who foray. One thing I'll give Moffat is that his Christmas episodes have gotten a lot better. You know, he, he's, he's made some fantastic Christmas episodes like uh, A Christmas Carol. Is I actually. Flying it's, sharks. It's, <laughs> yeah, but but I, I love that episode. I mean, it's it, it's weird. I mean, that's the thing about Doctor Who is that he can take these weird science fiction elements and he can put them in the show, and and a lot of times they work. Sometimes they don't, you know. But A Christmas Carol is not just one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes. It's one of my favorite Christmas shows. I go back and watch it every year. But but. Um, but then the same guy that wrote that is the same guy that wrote uh, the Bells of St. John, which is, you know, the Wi-Fi is going to get you or whatever, you know. I don't. I hated that episode. The, Stephen, the Stephen King version of, uh, of Scary. The, yeah. yeah. It was really weird. And, that's, and, that, and like I said, honestly, with some of the stuff that he thought of in the 90s as, as episodes, and he still has them, part of me wants to say that, look, I understand you love that character, but does that make sense for the Doctor now? Like, or do you want to change it to... If you've gone 20 years without changing anything in a story, maybe you should look at that again. That almost like he thinks that he knows. Well, granted, everybody thinks they know the Doctor perfectly, and that's writers, and we're not. Um, but it's it almost feels like uh, he's saying, "Okay, this is I've bought this 20 years, and this is going to be perfect." And then sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it's what is this? What are we doing? But. Um, Start of the <laughs> what, what is this one I came up with in those 12-inch shows? This Capaldi is a great man. Now, I will say, I, I do, I love Moffat. Yeah. I, I am a, a Moffat fan, uh, although I I do think it's time for him to go. This is his last season, isn't it? Yeah. This next, this next season will be his last yeah. season, yeah. Uh, well, we won't see it till. Yeah, it doesn't come, and not until 2017, um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, Except the Christmas, then he will have a Christmas, Christmas episode, episode this yeah. year, and that's it. Unlike when Davies left, where I was doing the happy dance and, and you know, shooting off fireworks and being, being thrilled, I will be sad to see Moffat go. I, you know, it's it's a grueling task being the showrunner for Doctor Who as it is now. Uh, and uh, I, I saw an interview with Capaldi yesterday, uh, and he was saying, "Is it Capaldi? No, not Capaldi. Sorry, I'm blanking on whoever. Anyway." It, being the showrunner for Doctor Who now is like a 24-7 job. Add being the showrunner for Sherlock on top of that, uh, and it's a miracle he's still on his feet. And so I think it's good that he's leaving now before the show really starts to take a nosedive. I think there may be some discussion as to whether the quality has gone down. I think it stayed pretty good. Um, I'm there's been dips in there's the been, yeah, especially especially the most recent. There have been there have been some where you're just like, uh, but there was one like the uh, uh, murder of the murder of the Order Express episode. Have you seen that? Yeah, I haven't. It's actually that was actually that pretty was decent scary. scary. Yeah, was that was actually good. pretty good yeah. scary yeah. episode. Like, I actually go back. Yeah, I actually actually had that creepy that. feeling yeah. that I, that I yeah. used to get watching Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. Although that one almost lost me for Capaldi because that one was the kind of the peak of Capaldi's Doctor being so unsympathetic to anyone. Yeah. Uh, that I, I, I had said on my on, on my podcast at the time, if he doesn't start warming up, uh, they're going to lose it. Because I, I love Capaldi from the get-go, and then he just started being so cold and, and harsh, and you know, like the guy's like about to die, and, and the doctor's pumping him for information, and the guy finally says, "Look, 
this is my death, leave me alone, I'm gonna die the way I, you know, I want to because I couldn't stop it. And uh, it, we've kind of seen the doctor go from being a little too touchy-feely in the Tenet era to being a little too cold in Capaldi's first season. I think it's evened out nicely in the second season. I think we've there's still good things. I hope there's still good things from Moffat. Yeah, I think Moffat is. I think he's a brilliant writer. Like I said, some of my favorite episodes are were written by Moffat, but I think it's it's obvious that his dedication to Doctor Who is waning a little bit because as as the writing level has started to go down on Doctor Who, the writing level on Sherlock is going up. So he's he's still you know he's still a good writer. I, anybody see the Abominable Bride? The Sherlock episode, great episode, you know. So, um, so he he still got good writing in him, you know. So I'm hope hopefully this being his last his last season, he'll really you know hit the gas and, yeah. and, and do something great. You know, it's like sometimes you get like for example in comics you have a creator like Chris Claremont on X Men who could go for you know 15, 20 years and. Other, t- but other times you get great creators, but they have a couple of years in one property in them, and then they need to do something else to recharge. Yeah. And maybe you know, sometime down the line, they'll have some new ideas after being away from it for a while. But it's yeah, sometimes well, it's just time to bring in new blood and let the other guy go off and do. That's the, next what, what the scary. The scarier thing than Moffat leaving is Chibnall taking over because. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he well, he's only really written like maybe four episodes of Doctor Who. Two of them were uh, dinosaurs on a spaceship, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I didn't. I, dinosaurs on a spaceship. There were dinosaurs and a on a spaceship. spaceship. Hey. <laughs> if you grew up reading as much Calvin and Hobbes as I did, you'd love that episode. <laughs> my, my question is, and I know, well, not question, but I guess thought on that is, I understand that again different laws with unions, stuff like that. I would almost, it almost would be, because it seems like every time they have like, a, they bring a new uh, writer for different shows, and not, you understand that he doesn't write all of them, but as a showrunner, he gets the final say. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, would you almost want to do, it's not the great system, trust me, but like the American system of having multiple writers for, for rather than just one writer episodes, so that way there's another person in the room saying, you know, that's a cool idea, but how about we tone it this way? And almost that way you have more of a sounding board as opposed to um, you get, there's some episodes that are amazing and some that are just kind of just fall flat. Now that may be an answer to the whole Doctor Who experience and being a British show. I understand. Um, but that, that was my thought. Is like That way, you, again, you can keep the writers fresh if they need to do their project or if they need to step away because they get blinders on and then they see, they think this one idea is great and I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it and then it's, you know, Love and Monsters. We don't talk about Love and Monsters in Black Company. I apologize. Oh, man. Your bleach will be available outside the door. I think part of it might be because <laughs> the way I'm I'm feeling is because he was a showrunner on Torchwood. I wasn't a Torchwood fan. Any, are, are any of you guys like a Torchwood fan? So you like so you like Torchwood? Okay, yeah. I won't I won't I won't say anything disparaging about <laughs> Torchwood. But it just that it's good points. Okay. Yeah, um, I just I, I don't know I don't know that he's the guy that I want to pick the next Doctor because I know whoever's taking over as showrunner is probably going to be the guy that picks the next Doctor because Capaldi this will be his third season as the Doctor. Uh, he may leave with Moffat. I, I think don't know. they've said that he's going to do Chibnall's first season. Okay, yeah, just as a okay. as a bridge. So, but I'll I, you know I won't say anything disparaging about. About Chibnall, we'll wait and see what happens. I guess. I think. We, well, speaking of, just so we can have a reference to the, what's coming after Moffat on Torchwood, it did. I the first season was was pretty rough in most patches. The love affair with the uh, cyber cyberman that Ian that Hunter had. Oh, cyberwoman. Cyberwoman. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, that I'm hoping that he would take that as a cue, like, okay, this is what I did wrong. Let's see what I can do to improve that. Um, that's why I'm a little looks more like it, it's it's somebody, somebody new maybe they're like again hopefully they learned their lesson hopefully yeah. hopefully they you know won't be the same mistakes um, I'm trying to think how to word that <laughs> uh, but why do you think because uh, a lot of people aren't huge fans of him or just out flat out think he's you know writing with his nose or something uh, why do you think he is so polarizing we'll use a political we'll use a news term or 
uh, as there's some people who he's not one that most people are like, eh. He's either people absolutely love him or do not like him. What do you think? You're talking about Moffat. Moffat you're talking, yeah, oh, yeah. Moffat. Sorry, Moffat. I didn't change gears on you again. Um, like I said, you know, he's just he's had some great episodes that he's written, and he's had some episodes that that weren't as great. But that can be said about any about every writer. Yeah. You know, I, it may be just that because so many of the episodes were written by him, he's written he's written so many episodes, and uh, people just you know, just like people have their doctor. You know, you think you think. Uh, you talk about Doctor Who, you talk about which doctor is your doctor. Obviously, yours That's is the fourth doctor. doctor. <laughs> yeah. you know. We're going to take uh, a shot in the dark on that. I know it's not, <laughs> I know it's not good to assume. Oh, I didn't realize you were behind. <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody can say that their doctor is the eighth doctor, since they only had one episode and they made him half human. <laughs> you know? uh, but, uh, on his mother's that was That was 90s and Fox yeah, yeah. <laughs> TV. All right, that's, that, was, that was, hey... Which I'll leave. I actually remember Eric Roberts as the yeah. as the master. Yeah, I vaguely actually remember. I've actually, I mean, like, I have vague memories of actually because I haven't watched the, the thing as an adult, but I have vague memories of probably seeing bits and pieces as a child. Because I was looking at like the I found like the trailer for it online, and I'm like, that looks really familiar. I wonder if I've actually seen that adult, and maybe I was a kid or just blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> I think that I think that they would have gone back and tried to make it not canon if it wasn't for the fact that was it Sylvester McCoy that was at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. showed seven. So he was he at the beginning of the episode. Then, yeah. He actually he died and regenerated. He did a bad job. He was actually quite good at it. It's just yeah. and that was like, one thing. Yeah, it, was it was Americanized. It was an Americanized version of Doctor. Yeah. yeah. It's like I think that Davies and Moffat have proven that hey, we can. Yeah, we've got we got this, you know. We can, we can we can make the doctor good for American audiences, but not leave his sort of essential Britishness behind. Yeah. You know? I mean, he sounded like he was from the north at the beginning. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. Part of the turn on Moffat is that he is not reaching the bar that he set. Yeah. Um, I think there's another thing is that. Davies seemed more interested in the companions, whereas Moffat seems more interested in the Doctor. And so, you know, for people who identify with the companion, uh, because that's the character you're supposed to, yeah. to identify with, seeing how you know, the companions have, are kind of just there for the Doctor's journey, kind of, um, I have maybe turn some people off. Now he did try to at one point. He kind of got away from it. He tried at one point. It seemed like he was trying to turn the show into more of an ensemble show because he brought in like Madame Vastra and Jenny and Drax, and which I like those characters, but it seemed like he was gearing up to make a spinoff. Of course, the spinoff never actually happened. I would watch the hell out of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're really yeah. good characters. You they're really get, good you characters. You get the young adult Cole, the Cole Hill school, the class or whatever, the so, Cole Hill. Yeah, yeah. You, started get, you started getting a lot of episodes where uh, – the doctor would come, wouldn't show up until ten minutes into the episode because they were doing stuff with all these other characters first, and uh, and we were getting a lot more episodes of the doctor has. It's it's always the doctor is saving the companion. The companion used to be our our eyes into this world, and then we got a lot more of the she's the damsel in the stress that he's having to save. You well, know, so. in all fairness, the uh, the doctor used to the. The original doctors, yeah. the 60 to you know 80s doctors, the companions were about useless. <laughs> With the exception of Mary's, maybe Sarah Jane, which is probably why she's remembered so fondly. Well, Lila was pretty good too. Hmm? Lila was pretty yeah. handy with the knife and stuff. Yeah, but those those were two of the exceptions. The others were uh, Perry. Perry was like her entire job was. Look at me, I'm cute, I'm tied up. That was <laughs> yeah. why she was well, hired. That was her job. And that's what people um, with with Ace was actually. She was. I mean, she blew up stuff. She yeah. baseball batted a Dalek. I mean, come yeah. on now. <laughs> and we're talking about Moffat building it, trying to build it into an ensemble show. Those kind of, to me, were like the best episodes of his run when either with um, with Matt Smith's Doctor when he had Amy and Rory and River, yeah. on, or you know, with the Clara episodes when. The Paternoster gang was with them. Yeah. That he was actually pretty good at the chemistry of you know larger groups. It's more the the one on one that's a little rougher. Yeah. You had a question yeah. back there. Yeah. 
forgot it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. And it is very well Um I will say that he actually also did a really good job of making Matt, like, you can very definitely tell which doctors are his, like, writing-wise, because I actually, because I want to, like, why not, Dr. Here Cool, I actually did watch some of the Sarah Jane uh, adventure, Smith adventures. There's the one episode um, where they bring back a ton of, they bring back Joe. Yeah. And it's Matt Smith in there, but it's, I think it actually was Rusty Davies wrote it, and it just felt weird. Because it was obvious that it was, Rust, it was almost like it was, like, square peg round hole, because he was, he made he had made Matt Smith's doctor so so uh, Moffat did so much a part of like that's his writing that's his baby that when he went to that show which was Russell T Davies show it felt just wonky it felt like he was trans like he was just Matt Smith imitating Tim. Well, that's, yeah. that that was the thing with uh, t- uh, Eleven. Yeah. Is that ten, nine and ten were the doctors go pretty much going through a midlife crisis to become yeah. the war doctor. I mean, they were trying to be young and hip, and they were, they were trying to put all their problems behind them, whereas Eleven was an old man who used to be cool and didn't know how to be anymore. So it was even funnier that he was the youngest he'd looked probably since he was, like, actually 23. Yeah. And so he thinks he's cool. But he forgets his bow tie, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his personality is definitely one of the most memorable. Yeah. Memorable he, he, he was a 90-year-old trying to be a 20-year-old. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The way I always looked at Eleven, anyway. <laughs> he was the uh, greetings fellow teenagers of the doctors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, it's interesting that you said that, that you, you felt that Moffat was more about the companion, or about the doctor, than Davies was. I thought it was just the opposite. In fact, that's one of my biggest beefs with, with Moffat, especially, like, I adored Amy, uh, Amy Pond, and I, I can't believe I can't remember her name. The actress's name. Uh, Karen, Karen Gillen. Karen Gillen, thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> But by the time they went, I was I was like so sick of the Amy Rory show <laughs> that I was like the Doctor is almost a guest star on his own series, uh, and then we got a lot of that with Clara too, uh, where it was like all of a sudden she's a school teacher, and then she's in love with this dude that you know, and then he's a society, and, and just I, I I think one of the things I like about the Capaldi era here is we're seeing a lot more of the Doctor again, mm-hmm. uh, and I hope that carries on. I guess I was thinking more about, you know, what their life is outside the adventures, whereas, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Davies, like, built out, you know, a oh, home yeah, for yeah, all and, of yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, like, Moffat is a lot more interested in, like, the Time Lord mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking time on screen. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, he didn't did start to write a lot of episodes where it was basically the companions get themselves into a situation and... Now the doctor's going to figure out how to MacGyver their way out of he's, it. He's, he's the dad, not the doctor. He's, yeah. He's like, what was, what yeah. was the name of the episode where um, uh, Amy was on a different time stream and she That's was getting was a lot of... Oh. Yeah. That, that wouldn't... That it was a good episode, yeah. 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 But it was a, it was one of those episodes where, oh, Amy's in a situation and the doctor's got to figure out how to get her out of it, which is basically... Actually, Amy kind of got herself out of it, you know? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> even that was that was weird time travel stuff. Even that, that's that one thing. Oh, okay, that one. I thought you were talking about the one where she's stuck in a time loop and he's got to babysit James Corden. No, no, no. <laughs> Did you uh, do you guys feel like Moffat in the last couple of seasons has not used time travel as much as they? It, it seems like there's a lot more. Uh, other world stories and not as much actual time travel. It does a lot of time travel into the future, but you know I like seeing them. I like when I see time travel. I like seeing you're, a lot. You're of talking stuff about in the past. like Blink, where it's actually part of the. That's actually part of the. Yeah. The, the solution to and the cause of the problem. Kind of right. Thing, yeah. Right. There's. Well, a, it's, it, it's more alien invasion type stuff <laughs> that we're seeing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anybody. Well, um, well, episodes I've seen, I've noticed that uh, they're staying more local and they have the. See, I saw him more as the companion than Clara, because he was more willing to try new things. And so Clara's like, okay, she. It seemed like she had quit acting, honestly. Yeah. For most of it, and Mr. Pink was like taking up the slack because she yeah. couldn't do it. It's like, okay. And when Mr. Pink uh, killed himself off, it's like, okay, I thought 
Clara would um, be so stricken with grief, they'd stop writing her and they'd change someone out because uh, she'd be mad at the doctor because it did not save said person and stuff like that. So, um, that was watch the next scene. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> letting you know your questions will be answered. Yeah, I've got to say, the Christmas special that followed that one, yeah, that I think that's team. where she was negotiating her contract. You could see the <laughs> seam where they would have yeah. cut it. Yeah. And if they had sent her out there, that was a beautiful, like... Yeah. little, yeah, nice yeah. Sweet little... Yeah. That, that yeah. might have actually been one of Moffat's greatest failings, is he was all set for her to go. Yeah. And at the, at the, at the 11th hour, she went, eh, I didn't get a job, so I'm going to stay. Yeah. And, that's <laughs> and he went, oh, <laughs> and that's, that's what's frustrating for me for him, too, is, well, just in general, is, especially on a time travel show, you don't have to spend... Uh, uh, I would think if I was a writer, I was like, well, okay, cool. Time travel is a thing in my universe. It's a thing I can use really easily. You don't have to kill them off or make them all to, you can just say, okay, now they're over here. If So that way that leaves you a bigger out in case that happens. Mm -hmm. Or so, in the 1920s. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah like, like, I guess that's yeah. one of, the, I, I guess I could say the same thing of what I was saying about Moffat. Uh, Davies yeah. was guilty of it as well as not using time travel as much because to have a character that can go anywhere in time and space he spent a lot of time in modern day London, well, <laughs> especially uh, the tenth Doctor. You know. Well, the, uh, during the third, uh, I cannot. The third Doctor, he barely time traveled at all. He spent all his time running around for the first. That was year. that was well, that, uh, that, that, that was, was budget was, reasons. Yeah. yeah but it became sort of ingrained in the show that there would be episodes or seasons where the Doctor's like, well. What's what's going on in the East End? They actually kind of didn't they didn't they break the TARDIS for that yeah. season? Yeah, or yeah, it was so grounded he, or something he, like he that. Yeah, uh, he, 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 he was, was sanctioned uh, by the he was sanctioned by, by the time time order. He's forced to generate. Doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was forced to generate, and that's how they and then magically also everything was in color. No. Uh, well, it was also established, um, and you can check me on this if I'm wrong. I, I watched a lot of Tom Baker, and then when Tom Baker left. Uh, or something like that. So I was still in that, I'm not going to put up with another doctor. I'm through with this show. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't, I didn't watch anything again until Eccleston came on. Um, but hadn't they established that, I, I know in the Tom Baker days, his, his uh, ability to pilot the, the TARDIS with any sort of uh, accuracy was really bad. Yeah. Uh, the sixth uh, one fixed that. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, because he was, okay, the sixth one, you think, see, if you'd watch the sixth one, then you'd look at Capaldi and go, you're not that big of a jackass. Six! <laughs> yeah. Six was an incomparable, I mean, they're, they're their children. He was a schmuck. He was, he was, like as gaudy as his outfit is, he was that big of a schmuck. Yeah. And was he the one with the question marks? Yes. yes. Okay. And, and I watched a couple of those episodes, and he was so abusive to Ace, I just wanted to... <laughs> no, 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 no. Or am I getting them? You're getting them confused. He, his first appearance, he chokes the companion, like almost kills her. Like he regenerates and then proceeds to tell her how he is the greatest doctor that has ever been as he is sitting there under the... He's a jerk. <laughs> That's the way they wrote him. I think they intended for him to grow out of that as they went, but people hated him because he was so much of a jerk, and so we got Sylvester McCoy instead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, he had a question. That's the one. No, the, 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 the one. Still mean ace, <laughs> uh, the, the one uh, I'm talking about is the one with the really, really gaudy coat. Yeah, the, the rainbow, rainbow, rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. rainbow suit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the other Baker, I think. Uh, yeah. Colin, 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 Colin. Colin Baker. Yeah. 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 The curly so, hair. Do you all have any, any particular Moffat moments that you like or don't like? Certainly. I can't remember if this was Moffat or not. The uh, doctor's daughter has. Oh, that uh, the, the one. Um, well, the one because uh, I don't know. Where he, he like he gets clo they, the they clone. They clone stars. Yeah. I'm not sure that if that was, was Moffat. Maybe uh, that was Davies. Davies, Davies, Davies yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. I was gonna say, have they thought about going back to that character at all? Or no. no. Well, David Tennant went back to the. Yeah, he did, but, but that's a whole other thing. And that that episode when, that was in the time when like Martha was coming back as. Martha, agent of unit. Yeah. As bad as she was as a companion, she was great as a guest star. Yeah, yeah. It was everything that was every. It was one of those situations where everything that was wrong with her as a character they fixed, but they didn't like. Well, this isn't Martha anymore. No, this is Martha. This is just oh well, written well, Martha. Once you take out the lovesick puppy angle yeah, and let yeah. her live up to her potential, she's a great character. 
Although my, my big issue there is they mentioned her having a fiance, and then the next time we see her, speaking of love sick puppies, she's married to Mickey, which of course Mickey goes, yes, but wait a minute. What well, happened well, to the other that, that, Yeah, and she's a soldier. She's a soldier, too. She's no, it may have gone completely uh, over my head, but I was trying to remember with, with Jenna Coleman's character, the only time you see her before they put the whole Cole Hill thing in was she didn't have a job. She was babysitting those yeah. kids. Well, so that, that, I don't know how they explain away that. Or maybe it just went over my head. Or the first time you see Jenna Coleman was in the Snowman episode, I think, and she was a school teacher. No, the first time in the she the Asylum of the Dogs. Well, yeah, that's well, right. Well, they establish her backstory other than just she's, yeah. You're, you're, what you're meaning is not the first time we see Jenna Coleman, but the first time you we see her see outside of outside of Trey. When, when you see shows. the one that actually becomes the companion, not the yeah. two that die. Yeah. Claire. Yeah. Claire, yeah. thank you. Well, yeah. it's like... Um, the same way how Amy Pond went from being a kissagram to a travel writer to a novelist in the space of like four episodes. <laughs> Whatever works best for the episode. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> really well. right. By the way, if you if you want to see Freema Agyeman, who played who played uh, Martha, uh, do some really good work, look up CSI London. No, it was a Law and Order UK. Law and Order UK. Yeah. That's what it was. Wait, yeah. wait, there's a Law and Order out of you. Okay. Yeah. And I got to watch. Freeman Eggman is in it, and also if you want to see Jamie Bamber use his real accent, he's in there too. Yeah, she's also uh, she's also in Sense Eight on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. It's a, re it's a really good sci-fi show. Um, yeah, a, long, a little piece of trivia: Law and Order UK. There's actually mo most of the time when a show from England, uh, it, they usually remake it. For America, but usually when shows from America go to the UK, they just show our version. But since their laws are so much different, they have to actually remake Law and Order as a as a different show over there. So. Oh yeah. Do they, do they wear the funny little? Yeah, they wear the, the wigs and everything. Yeah. The oh, I have to watch the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know what your cops can do to suspects is frightening. <laughs> 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 they can't do. Oh, it's. Yeah. Weird. We're, we're the only country pretty much on the planet that has the amount of civil rights connected on most of the time. But yeah, it gets ugly. Well, uh, speaking of, I'd like to see. Sorry to. You know, I'm the one your interrupting. Point. You're the panelist. I want, no, well, no, well, that was. Uh, there's a train of thought here that's bouncing around. Is that I would honestly, it's, at this point, it is very still a British show, but that's, and that's one thing that Moffat did obviously because really well was to bring it to to write it in a way. That was not even just not even just for English-speaking countries, but more of a worldwide thing. Because how many different countries was Day of the Doctor shown in? Oh, Live, uh, like more like yeah, a lot. Oh, they showed it. They showed it in, th in theaters in 3D and, and yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I, I saw it. I saw it live on you know on TV that day. Then like the next Monday, I went to Trustville. Point, and saw yeah, that. I think they're making a big like you know deal about how they were shooting the season six premiere in the U.S. Yeah. Um, well, that was, they, for they all of those scenes, they could have done it in front of an Arizona backdrop, and it would have made it fit a difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one of the, that's one of the things that, that got on my nerves at that, at that time for Moffat was the way he was naming his shows. You've got Day of the Doctor, Name of the Doctor, Night of the Doctor. Doctor time of the Doctor. Time of the Doctor, doctor yeah. 3 p.m. for the Doctor. <laughs> you know? and, Doctor uh, of the Doctor, yeah. And and then you've got the episode actually name of the doctor where they're they're teasing like you're gonna find out the doctor's name you're not gonna find out the doctor's name I mean it, because then they would have to start using this name all the time you know and he wouldn't be the doctor anymore you know he'd be Sam <laughs> so, you know. the only characters in the show's history that actually know the doctor's name is going to be Susan she probably knows her grandfather's actual name yeah and the master because by most accounts of canon they knew each other. When they were children, when they right? Were little, and then they both looked into the thing, and the doctor ran away, and the master went bum. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think River knew it. Yeah, River, River knew it. Yeah. yeah, because the doctor whispered it in her ear. If if he told her his real name, you know, if that's well, what he actually was. Well, the fact that Tim freaked out, so yeah. we'll assume. Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I would like to see, because I think Dave, one really good thing that Davies did that Moffat did a little bit, but didn't really hit on it as hard, and uh, the new guy. Uh, new guy coming in? Chibnall. Chibnall. Yeah. But he, if he, he did Torchwood, uh, hopefully we'll see some more uh, LGBTQ content in Doctor Who. Um, because Tor I mean, Torchwood, Torchwood did a lot of good in that area. Also did a lot of kind of weird. You know, <laughs> yeah, it felt forced in. Uh, I later found out what the point was. Hmm? Some Captain Jack. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't think he's a regular on Arrow next year. I think yeah. he might be going back to guest star on that, so maybe they'll have some time for him. And oh, he's, no, he, he's, he said multiple well, times. I, I think heard he's good. Yeah. The producers of Arrow have actually, our Doctor Who fans, they have said if he ever is needed and they need to write him off for a little bit of time, they are oh, all about that to let him go do yeah. Doctor Who if he's needed. I know he would jump at it. Is that a Moffat decision to not bring him back? Well, I know Moffat wanted him for A Good Man Goes to War, but he was filming some movie that he couldn't get away from. Because he is a, it's a Moffat character. Yep. They but also wanted him for uh, Day of the Doctor, but he was like in the middle of like the very end of Arrow, so we got him in the little web short. Well, not web short, it was almost an hour of and he had a brief cameo when the doctors that weren't appearing in the 50th oh, yeah. anniversary were running around trying to get into the 50th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saw him with his wife and kids. Don't ask. Yeah. I think it was Moffat's decision to, like I said before, when Eleven came in, they did kind of a soft reboot of the show. Because at that in that last episode that Ten was in, he kind of went around and said goodbye to everybody. And I... I wouldn't be surprised if they had brought him back to maybe do a cameo or something, but to actually bring him back as a regular, I wouldn't think that he would do it as long as, you know, Moffat is doing his, his, his run. Chibnall may do something different. I don't know. They did bring River back for one episode, they did, but they didn't bring, him, bring her back as, like, a regular character. Well, but almost every time the Doctor regenerates, it's kind of a soft reboot because the Doctor, there is a world of difference between, you know, there was a world of difference between Pertree and Baker. There was a weird, you know, and so even back then, so so every time the Doctor regenerates, he gets up and you know, yeah. he's got his new skin and his new voice. He's a new guy. Right. But then yeah. you, a lot of the times you still have you know the companion sticking around as <laughs> continuity, whereas like you know the, yeah the break from ten to eleven was like no new Doctor, new companion, yeah, new everything, yeah. new, everything. <laughs> new Sonic screwdriver. It could be an interesting, um, just as like a greatest hits volume. I don't, usually when you try to bring too many monsters together, well, no, they I mean, lose. I mean, just, yeah, like break it oh, apart, not one full jam packed episode. I'm like, have it separate, like uh, do it once, then it, uh, you know, Doctor leaves, something happens again, at the same spot, and Doctor's. Oh, okay, so. Trick. It's like, you know, it builds up, not a. One thing I say, oh, let's do all this, like they did with the eleven, and it's like that all this stuff happened at once, and it's like I'm getting lost. Okay, there are angels in the snow, (laughs) and uh, 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 uh. okay, wait, if they're hiding in the snow, that means they can grab anything. Just pull him in the snow. That's easy. (laughs) Well, guys, they want they want us to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get uh, the five. We didn't get the five minute nice and this, but it is nine fifty-five. So or eight fifty-five. Do we do we have anything that we? uh, Do y'all have any? Anything you'd like to see Moffat do in this in his last season? I want him to I want him to to go back to 
the episodes that he was that he was doing in the beginning that were really great episodes and just do 12 of those. Let's just get 12 really good episodes. How about that? You know, yeah. make, make your last season a season to remember. Be as good at his first last season as he was in his first season. Kind of go out on top. Yeah, I, I, I think he can do it if he's not, you know, pulled in a million different directions. But and, again, and I and I understand that as a showrunner, he doesn't write all the episodes, you know. But and honestly, how many how many scriptwriters, screenwriters can say they have something like, you know, the empty child and the doctor dances on their their I would have liked to see they've already announced a new companion, but I think it would, would be fun to have a, like, the Doctor and the Master uh, adventuring together. The Doctor can offer that to, you know, that's crazy Master, but he decided to die instead. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Truly. The last, the last two have been kind of like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like the master has ever been a great wheel of yeah. sanity, but usually he was in control of it. Yeah. But the John Sim one was quite clearly, and I think written intentionally, of, nope, he is completely lost his mind yeah. to people. <laughs> he was just a megalomaniac before. Now he's a mass murdering megalomaniac. Yay. Universe. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of the night. Yeah, and the rest of the weekend. And don't forget, you know, lovely, lovely. Yeah, throw one of these out if you don't mind.